Hello and welcome to Fat Free Film. I'm Camila Lopez and I'm here at the Cannes Film Festival for the 60th anniversary of the festival. And I'm sitting here with Peter Martin, a filmmaker who I met uh, last night, who's from England and he has some very interesting projects. And thank you so much for being on our show. Hello there. So yes, I've uh, had a great time. I've been here, I think, eight days now. Feels like about four months. And uh, yeah, it's been very interesting, Can Have you been here before? I've been here three times, actually. What do you do mostly when you come to Cannes? What do you do is not, well, you don't sleep. So that's the first thing. So you have to get used to the 21 hours of being awake every day. And then uh, you have lots and lots of meetings. And if you're lucky, you see lots and lots of amazing films. Uh, this year, unfortunately, I've only seen one movie. So I've had so many meetings, but, uh, and that was Abel Ferrara's movie, Go Go Tales. So tell me, when you say you have so many meetings, does that mean that you have pre-set these meetings up in advance of coming, or do you just sort of wing it? It's like a mixture of things. You, have, you try and do at least two or three pre-set meetings, and then actually most of the really good meetings are, stem from a social event. So you get much higher level access if you go to a party or a premier, and then you just bump into you know, a vice president, as opposed to you ring up an office at Focus Features and you'll get a very lowly you know, uh, kind of intern if you're not an established filmmaker. So I find it's a mixture of the two. And uh, so I was getting through to every level of, of, of the company by the end of the week. That's fantastic. So you came here with several projects, correct? Yeah. So I came, the first project was a completed film called The Workshop, which is a feature-length documentary we shot in California about uh, a, a radical self-help workshop uh, run by a self-proclaimed guru called Paul Lowe. He's actually a 72-year-old guy from Birmingham who uh, does this kind of traveling circus for six months of the year. And we filmed that last summer in California, and we just completed that. And actually, we've sold that to a number of territories, so that, that was very exciting. So we sold it in the UK to uh, Revolver, who uh, are going to release it theatrically. Because our concern was that it might end up being a television project. But actually, it seems to have been very well received, and, and it will have a, a limited theatrical release as well, which is great. Congratulations. Yeah, that was good. And then uh, I'm already in production on my second one, which is a much more ambitious project in, in Brazil with uh, a director called Lucy Walker, who just won the uh, Audience Award at the Berlin Film Festival for her film called Blind Sight. And it's actually the first time a documentary has won the Berlin Film Festival. So that was, uh, she's an amazing director and we're doing her next movie. And it, that one is uh, with Brazil's most kind of preeminent uh, contemporary artist Vic Miniz, who's doing this large-scale art project in a landfill outside Rio, where 5,000 people live. So it's uh, it's kind of like we're we're actually going to hell in the summer, um, and that's where we'll be filming for the uh, six weeks. Do you pre-sell something like that? Um, actually, we've had a lot of interest because of Lucy's uh, status and because of you know Vic's. Uh, preeminence in, in Brazil we've got we could do that but actually we're self-financing that one so I uh, through a company called Almega Projects we're paying for the production on a drip feed 
mechanism. So we've already shot the first part of the film in Brooklyn, and then we're going to Rio and San Paolo for six weeks, and then we'll take it from there. But we have a lot of interest in our film due to the environmental aspects. It seems to be a very big buzzword at uh, Cannes this year. The environment? Yeah, eco. I think that an inconvenient truth and the fact that the weather is so <laughs> crazy at the moment has actually finally got everyone waking up to this issue and it seems to be incredibly easy to get attention in that area and uh, we didn't even see this film as an environmental film we saw it as an art film and suddenly everyone's just pushing this pushing us in this direction and, uh, and, and it's helping us enormously so explain to me when you say that your documentary the workshop sold did it uh, for somebody that maybe has never been to con can you explain the procedure do you show the film at the market so we, uh, the film played at uh, Tribeca Film Festival and lots of buyers saw it there and we're kind of following up with a lot of those people. We've hired a sales agent called Lumina Films who have meetings. So obviously they're having meetings about six or seven projects so sometimes they can leverage the sale of one against the other. And strangely our film seems to be the one that's doing the best uh, so that we're helping other films along terms of get, drawing a bit of heat um, to, to that particular sales agency. And How did you get a sales agency to begin with? Right, so the, the company I co-produced it with is called Buena Onda, which is a Brazilian company. Uh, it's run by a guy called Donald Ramveld, who produced City of God and Constant Gardner. And Lumina Films is their sales agency, so it was already kind of part of their deal. I see. Can you tell me a little bit about the Joe Strummer project you mentioned last night? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So the, there's uh, a writer I'm working with called Chris Sullivan who uh, I'm producing a film called Anarchy in the UK for him, which is a fe feature, uh, a narrative feature. And he approached me only last week and said uh, he was also writing uh, Julian Temple's next documentary project about uh, Andrew Luke Olden's book, Stones, uh, which tells the, the tales of, uh, of the Rolling Stones, or the birth of the Rolling Stones, really, in the 1960s. And he uh, just suggested that I might want to meet Julian when I was out here, and, you know, they're looking for a producer. So I spent the evening with him, and uh, it appears that I'm producing it, which is amazing. And, and, uh, Congratulations. And where we met last night, the Colombian uh, party, I met three Colombian producers who want to co-produce because Andrew Lou Golden currently lives in uh, Bogota. So I, I'm going to actually go out to Colombia to meet him and kind of de develop. It's very early stages of development. Um, and I met three people who knew him very well. He's a bit of a legend in that country. And would be very excited to actually do a, a simple documentary about him. Live, you know, what, how did the Rolling Stones manager end up in, in Colombia? I mean, actually, he married a Colombian, but... There is more, more to it than that, and he's a very eccentric, uh, very engaging character. So I might have found another project last night. That's amazing. But did you mention something about The Clash, or was I just crazy? No, no, no. Well, ju so Julian's film, the, his current film, which is doing the rounds, which played at Sundance, was about uh, Joe Strummer. And uh, it's getting the most incredible reviews. I think Rolling Stone said it was the best rock documentary in the last 10 years. So... It's, uh, oh God, I can't remember what it's called now. It's got, it's, it's, it was originally called Strummer, but it's got some other title. But it's, it's uh, got Joe Strummer narrating his own story as though he's still alive. 
It's very clever. It's it's an incredible use of um, archive and interviews and the way they've positioned it. I think the first one that did that was Tupac, and he even talked about his own death in that documentary. And it's a very quite eerie but effective way of telling a story. Where were you trained, Peter, and how did you come into this career? So I was a journalist for, for uh, 10 years, a music journalist, so a lot of my projects are still very music-biased. And I got into television and I produced uh, lots of music and factual television programs. And then I kind of, you know, slowly migrating towards documentaries, so I worked on a... I actually directed a, a few documentaries, and what was the first one I did was a, a friend of mine is in, was in a band called Bush, Gavin Rossdale. So I made their on tour on the road documentary, and we went on, you know, for six weeks with Marilyn Manson and Metallica and Howard Stern show and Saturday Night Live, and that was really exciting. And I operate the camera as well, so I do everything. So I operate, edit, direct, produce the lot. That's uh, I'm a bit greedy like that. I've stopped doing that obviously now, but that was how I started. And what were you shooting on? Then it was actually, uh, I think it was High 8 then. That was the first one. I remember watching Dig, which was the, uh, the the Dandy Warhol's documentary, and they had to, in the edit, they had, I think, five or six different tape formats because they shot over 15 years. So they went all the way through, and, uh, and I feel like I've done that on separate projects. Now I'm shooting on this amazing little mini DV high-definition camera. What's it called? It's just a uh, it's just a new Sony kind of ha- handy cam. It's like a thousand dollars. It's not a an expensive camera. It's a consumer camera. But we shot the workshop on that camera, and we've blown it up to a, a high definition film print. And it looked incredible. Was it obviously it must have been a three chip camera? Yeah, it's three chip, but it's but it actually uh, is kind of pseudo high def. But it does play out at one eighty lines. So. It, it just doesn't have the same amount of information as a, a more expensive high-definition camera. But the kind of documentaries we do, is, uh, the nature of them, we, we don't use film crews. We don't have sound people, we don't have assistants, we don't have anything. We just go out alone with a camera. And, uh, and that's it. And, and A, that keeps the cost down massively, but it actually enables us to, to make films that you couldn't make any other way. The workshop couldn't have been made with a crew. We, we wouldn't have been allowed in. It was about this self-help workshop, so you actually have to join it and engage and, and do it. And part of that also means being naked, so the director actually directed naked. You're kidding. Is that you? That's not me. I produced that one, thank God. Uh, no, my, my director is Jamie Morgan, but he loved it. He, he, he wants to direct naked from now on. <laughs> how that's going to work exactly, but we'll see. Well, Peter, thank you so much. If there's any way um, that people can learn about your films, do you have a website or some sort of contact that you'd like to leave for our audience? Yeah, yeah. No, we have... Uh, well, my company is Surreal Films, but I work for two other companies, so we've just set up a website for all three, which is www.roundhousefilms.com. Great. I look forward to seeing your films, and I am very pleased to have met you. Thank you so much for your time. Great. Thank you.